Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about rocket launcher changes in Destiny 2. It's a question and answer session following that talk. I talked about, I didn't think this is enough. I'm worried that they're actually just shifting power around by removing, they're actually hurting the clusters perk. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can tune in right now, probably catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Uh, You can catch me live. I do these all the time. Typically when these hit the feeds, that's when I'm live. So come on in and join in. Right now, you guys can submit questions with the question command and Soul Snatch is grabbing them and putting them on the form. Nightbot's having a conniption. Uh, so we can still show your questions because Soul is the man. So thank, make sure and thank him. Let's jump right in here. Uh, Sazarana, do you think the existence of Rally Barricade and Lunifaction Rifts and Wells makes it hard to balance the usually slow rate of fire and high damage per shot weapons like rocket launchers due to coordination in form of squads bringing those type of weapons to the edge of what is considered balanced or not? Here's the general problem if that's the attitude, okay? Here's the general problem. You should always start with the weapons themselves and make them great and then those perks are complementary on top, right? So rocket launchers shouldn't be bad out of the box and then like, oh, well, don't worry. They're good if you do this specific build and use them in this specific way. That is a horrendously bad way to treat your weapon system. So if that's the logic, I think that's flawed logic. Weapons should be great out of the box and then made better through optimization, builds, exotics, etc. You don't give me a piece of garbage that is only then fixed with specific builds, exotics, and abilities, and then it's only good in specific circumstances. So if they're worried that, like, oh, if we make rocket launchers, if we make them too strong, then people are going to do rally barricades and other things... Well, I mean, deal with that and then just understand that there's going to be times where there's like heightened DPS and that's what those abilities are there to do. They're there to sort of take something beyond how strong it is. I mean, if we're really going to take this line of thinking, Lunafaction Rifts and Rally Barricades have been breaking the damage output of Ikelos Shotgun, right? And then they went and they kind of they had to tone Ikelos Shotgun down, but it still allows you to just continue firing same thing for uh the 1k voices same thing for sleeper you have high high damage and you don't have to reload you just keep on going so you don't retroactively go back and say well we need to make sleeper and 1k voices weak because of rally barricade and lunifaction rifts so i the guns themselves don't really have a, a traction and the changes that they're making i don't think will give them traction personally from everything I've known in Destiny over the four years, it doesn't seem like they're really buffing it. Fuzz Bounce. I think your idea for leveling combined with other ideas for Bungie to cap people at certain level for the week raid one week would work really well. Do you think Bungie would or could ever implement a cap for World's First Light Level? Um, I don't know. I don't know why they've never done it. I don't know why they refuse to acknowledge that most of their World's First raids are folks that took shortcuts, exploits, and cheeses like in the big debate that we're going to have later about people getting banned from Anthem, people always cite Bungie. Like, well, Bungie allows this stuff. And it's like, right. I mean, Bungie literally hands a world's first trophy to a team that publicly and openly use an exploit and a glitch to get free ammo like that. <laughs> that's how Bungie operates. So in the realm of like doing a cap and slowing people down, 
I don't know if they're going to do it. It would be a really, really huge change in tone. It would be a huge change in tone from them to say, we want to cap people. The concern would be is that that cap better be completely immovable. If, if it capped most of the community, but some people figured out how to get around it or something like that, that would be the biggest problem. So they better make darn sure if they do something like this, there's literally no way for you to get around it. Um, the only thing I think they could, maybe that what they could do is whenever they do the world's first race that first week is the raid do you know how when you go into the nightfall and you do the light level handicap and actually literally you can actually see your light level get changed by that they could do something like that in the raid where let's say the raid is set at at 680 okay uh, and people are getting into the six, the high 680s, high 690s. Well, the raid could have an intrinsic handicap that anybody above 75 gets chopped back down to 75. So if you're at 675, you're fine. If you get to 680, 685, 690, they're like, no, we want everybody in these encounters to not be any higher than 675. They could do something in the raid itself that does that. So you know, Giggs goes in to get Worlds for a Scourge of the Past, they had everybody at the final Delta except for like one person. I think they had one person at like 638. Everybody was 641 or 646 or higher. They were all in the second to last or last Delta, which means they're at or above the level of all of the encounters. That doesn't take away from Connor's work, but even Giggs has come out and said he thinks there should be an actual just cap that nobody can get beyond so that the race is even and then the content's more respected. Wrath of the Machine was the first time this really became a problem, and it's kind of been a problem ever since. People being overleveled, people doing exploits and cheeses to have advantages that other people don't have and it's a, it's to me it's a problem and that's why I just the world's first race has kind of never really been all that interesting to me not since King's Fall. King's Fall was the last great world's first in my opinion. I'm not trying to take away from people's hard work but it just isn't it's not as interesting when it's laden with exploits and glitches and what could be considered like kind of like cheating but like nobody did anything unethical or wrong but it's like you're you're using advantages and in, in shortcuts that other people, you know, didn't have. Last Wish was a pretty good one. I'll, I'll admit that. I just don't like that Last Wish so heavily delted everybody. And the reason they did that is because of players that could play inordinate amounts of time and got big and, and prime farmed and got luck and got higher levels. So, I mean, th- that that race honestly isn't that cool either because they basically over-delted the raid and the people that won were the people that, you know, cheesed and prime farmed and got higher levels of, of power. So that gave them a leg up. You know what I'm saying? So like they're hanging trophies and, and pinning ribbons around people's necks who took shortcuts and exploits and and that's why like it just doesn't interest me that's why I don't know if they're really going to be interested in something like that like a here's a hard and fast you know cap it's just the world's first stuff has just got so many asterisks on it now for me because it's like but you did this glitch or you did this exploit or you did this manipulative thing and it's just like I don't know it 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 doesn't feel like a true... It doesn't feel like something in the spirit of a race. It hasn't felt like that. Wrath of the Machine was the first time I, I might just checked out. I was like, I don't give a frick about this. People are cheating, basically. They're, they're, they're jumping ahead in the race. 
and wrath was all about damage and survivability so it's like you know it you don't take away from how good the players are that's not what i'm saying i'm saying the race itself is laden with inconsistencies so i would love to see them make it more consistent and more fair uh fanatic how do you think season of the drifter will compare to season of the forge gambit isn't fulfilling enough to be an entire season of content thoughts my entire talk on this on on the season of the drifter VidDoc touched on this I have like three sort of concerns in order. My big and primary concern right on the outset is I don't think the community has responded that well to Gambit. I'm open to being wrong to that. So my initial just gut worry is I don't think a lot of people like Gambit. I think people get into the lanes where the forge grind made sense. That's what we do in Destiny. Whether you run strikes, story missions, public events, nightfalls, or raids, it was in that lane. You go into an area, you kill ads, do a mechanic, kill a boss, get an item. That's just thematically consistent with the rest of Destiny, okay? So that's my like initial big concern. Well, let's get beyond that concern, Lono. What if what if more people do like Gambit or what if Gambit primes a hit? Okay. Uh, given the nature of how they've described the actual activity, I'm worried about burnout. I'm worried about people getting burned out very, very fast because it's one game mode that you pivot into the Reckoning to get like the armor pieces with the synths or whatever, and then you're pivoting back to that one game mode. I'm worried that the intensity factor, the, the competitive sweaty factor, is going to burn people out. And beyond that, even if people don't get burned out, you're basically giving us less of a circle of, of variety to do, right? It's all Gambit Prime the entire season. It's, a, they're, it's just, they're staggering the releases of the maps, and they're staggering the tiers of Reckoning, and that's like 90% of the season. So, that's like my three concerns. The big, huge concern up front, well, what if I'm wrong? Well, if I'm wrong, I still think people are going to get burned out, and even if they don't get burned out, it's a really narrow offering. It's a really narrow offering. So, if if you're enjoying it, my concern is there's not enough variety. If the forges, in the forges, if you were a ho-hum on the forges, or you kind of enjoyed the forges, or you like the forges a lot, at the very least, the bounties from Ada, and to get the currency, and to get the modules reports, were driving you into other places. You would grab her bounties and go do lost sectors, you would go do public events, you, it was, she was having you do a variety of things in order to get the currency to do the forge it wasn't just forge 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 right there's like there was like a there was a rhythm to it there doesn't seem to be much of a rhythm here it's go run prime get drops get synths go run reckoning go run prime like you're just back and forth between the two so that's like my lingering concern is even if it's a hit i worry that in two to three weeks people are gonna be like i am freaking sick of this already um unless Unless the different maps and bosses are varied enough and different enough that it doesn't... Maybe that will help with burnout, right? Maybe it will. I don't know. Thank you, Poochie, for seven months. Next question. Is it worth it to masterwork your armor? No. No. Because, like a stubborn mule, they have dug their heels in on enhancement cores. So saving your enhancement cores for infusion makes way more sense. They're just there. There's no reason 
there's no real reason to masterwork the marginal benefits while draining your resources for future infusion it just isn't worth it so the currency is is short-circuiting as a currency it's supposed to be a currency for capstoning gear and gear investment and no one's doing it because the the currency itself is short-circuiting with respect to intention it's just it's it's not worth it. It's like, I'm not going to shortchange my infusion in the future. There's a season of Drifter right around right around the corner. Um, so, I, it just doesn't feel worth it. It's so costly. You just, you're going to rip through your, your, your Masterwork cores to do it. Um, I don't even know how many it is to take one item all the way up. I don't even know. Uh, more chips and cheese. What content is part of the season pass on Destiny? I didn't get the pass because I'm still trying to catch up, and I'm hoping that I can get the level loot, uh, the level boost quests. Uh, the boost, the boost bounties should be free for everybody. I think. I don't know. I don't know if they've specified whether or not the power surge bounties are available to everybody. I would think they would be because the power level bump is something that is free you don't have to buy the annual pass to get the power level bump um so i appreciate you saying that boris the blade yeah i i don't know if they specifically said i believe they said the boost is for everyone it'd be really weird to not have them the power cap raises for everyone so the bounty should be too but king king k is saying i thought they said power surge bounties were for the annual pass well here's the problem okay Bungie has muddled their own marketing. It's muddy now. It originally was annual pass is on top of the seasons. So it was season of the forge, season of the drifter, season of opulence, right? And then on top of that, it was black armory, Joker's wild and penumbra. It was a clear distinction between the two things. They've done away with that. So it's super freaking confusing. What's good, Chevy? It's super freaking confusing now. It's like, what am I getting for free? What am I getting in the annual pass? Because it's now all under the same banner name. So I think what I think their decision to 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 jettison the name Joker's Wild and put everything under the banner name of Season of the Drifter was a terrible decision. It's confusing. People have already bought the annual pass, and now you're changing the name of the things they bought and making it muddy. It doesn't make any sense. Um. So yeah, I I I don't know. I I don't know how they're gonna handle the 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 power surge bounties. Acoustic Soul would putting tracking area of effect debuff effects ECC into the perk pool for all rocket launchers create a bigger incentive to use them. I don't think that a damage increase will be enough. I agree with you. I mean that you're going even further down the field than I did. I said base level fix them. They're just not good as a weapon more more gun more more uh, rounds in the chamber maybe more rounds in general or as you're saying make perks to make them because they just gutted clusters clusters as a perk is now weak trash right it's got an 80 percent damage reduction are you really going to waste a perk now on clusters maybe because there's not really any other perks worth getting but as you're saying they could do area of effect they could do damage over time they could do stunning they could do you know napalm stuff like that that would maybe make you say hey over time this is worth it if there's a crowd or the boss is very stationary this rocket's actually really really good that's another line they could take uh what's good secret uh, T Hoot says, 
what do you think of the season's pinnacle weapon uh pinnacle weapons scouts are in a terrible they're in a terrible place um they don't have any footing in this game so i'm not i the the perk is interesting on the scout because it's an idea that i put in numerous videos about the more crit hits you hit is feeding your next you know your next mag or your next attack with like incendiary grenades or a damage buff or something so landing lots of crit to feed the dragonfly is actually like a really cool perk that we we've 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 had that idea here before, but like scouts just don't have any traction in the game because everything's so agile and close to you. Hand cannons just rule the day. A good auto rifle or a pulse rifle can do okay, but every time you put a scout on, it feels really weird. And if you really want the the, the precision and the agility, you can use a bow. And I mean, Chevy's bringing up the Mananan. I love the Mananan too. I'd love to see the Mananan come back. But I, I just, I wonder how often folks would use it. Now, there'd be instances where you would use it. There are places you can use scouts that feel good in like Shattered Throne or in the final boss fight in Scourge of the Past. You know, there are places that you could definitely be using scouts. But right now, whenever I get out a scout, I feel. I don't feel it has a universality that you kind of want for a primary weapon, right? Primary weapons need to have some layer of universality because you're engaging with so many trash ads that can't be pigeonholed into a certain style. Now, what about D1 Lono? Scouts were great. They had content that was created where scouts got legs. They had strikes. They had the King's Fall raid. They had environments where it was clear a scout was a great choice. And then you went into Wrath of the Machine and it was clear that a scout was not the right choice there. So I I think maybe they'd start to have to really... They really are going to have to start focusing on creating environments where scouts have legs because a lot of... The, the, everything just isn't built that way. They build everything around double primary. So the infrequency of ranged encounters kind of makes sense because when you were using double primary, you'd have your hand cannon or your auto rifle for, you know, 70 to 80% of the encounters and then every once in a while there'd be some sniper or a hobgoblin or something like up in an area well you'd get your scout out for that because you had two primaries it made sense in that environment it doesn't make sense now big booty bad dragon do you think clustered uh, bomb damage decrease will make riven uncheesable yeah probably it but i'm gonna be frank with you who the frick cares about riven now I mean, people are probably just going in and cheesing it because they want a chance at 1k voices, right? Riven can probably still be cheesed with other weapons, though. I don't think you even need clusters to cheese Riven, do you? People have been cheesing with other. The 25% grenade launcher increase will make it easy or easier. Yeah, I think you could just go in with spike nades and do it. Because if you're getting a 25% buff, spike nades are really strong. You could probably go with a bunch of spike nade launchers and do it. So, or the Prospector. Yeah, I think it's still very cheesable. Um, now, again, who cares? I don't know why they didn't just cap her damage per section. The way that you, when you fight Shuro Chi, she can only take so much damage at each section. Why not do that to Riven? I don't understand. Like, every time she pops out, you should just have a damage threshold that you can hit, and then it stops. It's just the same way with Shuro Chi. You just break the health bar into segments, 
and every time you clear a segment, she stops taking damage. She doesn't necessarily have to leave or anything like that. She could still do the same things and the same rhythms and show up and stay for just as long, right? But if you segmented her health, every time you drain one of the health bars, she would go immune. It's that simple. I just don't, for whatever the frick reason, they don't they don't feel like messing with it. Um, so... King Diddy, do you think not having a raid this season puts more pressure on them for the next raid? No, because I think a lot of people are not really remembering the history of Destiny very well, okay? Dark Below had a raid, it was disappointing, and then uh, House of Wolves didn't have a raid, right? And then we got one raid a year after that. We got Taken King, then we got Wrath, well then they did Age of Triumph. And then when we got into Destiny 2, we got Leviathan, and then we got two raid layers that were essentially like Crota-length stuff that weren't all that well-received. But again, we only got those two layers. We didn't get three, okay? So Forsaken lands, and you get the last wish. And then you get Scourge, and then you get whatever's in the, in Penumbra in the summer. It's the same thing. It's a big raid followed by two smalls. So there was never a time where you got a big raid followed by three raids that year. That's never happened. So they're not diverging from some set standard. You're not being robbed of a raid. Do you understand? Now, do you think that puts pressure on them for the next raid? I don't know. I don't think they think like that. I just think whatever they're building right now, they're probably wanting it to be awesome so that whenever it shows up in the summer, it's... I think Penumbra is going to be beefy, personally. Well, Penumbra is not the name anymore. Season of Opulence. I think it's going to be beefy. I think it's going to be layered with a lot of uh, either repurposing of old content or a lot of like Solstice of Heroes Age of Triumph style stuff. Um, I would think it'd be pretty beefy to kind of like be the send off of the annual pass and get us to September. The Raged Diddler. What's your take on there being alternate quest lines? Uh of longer length to acquire pinnacle comp weapons. I mean, I if you're saying have an alternate quest line to get something like Luna's, no, I don't agree with that. If they're going to make a pinnacle PVP weapon, then they should make the quest line and you should have to do the quest line. That's just the way that it is. If they decide in the future to not do like 1k voices in anarchy okay are like really rare drops maybe in the future they decide to do questline exotics in raids instead I wouldn't want you to be able to get that by another way does that make sense so I don't want you I don't have a lunas I don't have a broadsword I don't want people to be able to get those weapons through other routes that that hurts the identity of the game the identity of the game is here is loot here is where and how to get the loot and if you start diluting it and making it to where anybody can get anything it's it 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 gives a a level of like frivolousness to the game it's like well this is just frivolous it doesn't matter where i go or what i do i can get all the dope stuff that was d2's problem at launch with vanilla you could level up and get legendaries over and over and over again just by playing free play or i'm sorry public events and I agree with Chevy, Curated is never going to get come back. It, I, I promise you they're never going to do Curated 
locked loadouts again. They're not going to do that. Now, locked loadouts is not the same as a curated locked loadout. Like, not curated locked. I'm not saying that right. They're not going to do curated required loadouts. They will not do it again. The community generally rejected that idea and didn't like it. From the hardcore raiders to the mid-tier players, nobody liked the curated loadouts. At least if they did, they didn't like it in, in, in strong numbers. Royal Duck. If you could make up a rocket launcher perk, what would it be? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Scott the Dude with six months. Hey, uh, thank you so much, man. That's a, that's a, uh, I'm sorry, no, 24 months. 24 months. That's a gold badge, dude. Thank you so much for two entire years of subs. Um, and Boris the Blade had a prime sub a little while ago. I might have missed it. Thank you, Boris. Uh, yeah, I don't really have an idea for a rocket launcher perk other than some cool status effects or something, or like, uh, like a burning effect or after they explodes, not like wolf pack rounds, maybe mini rockets that go out and seek kind of the way that, you know, the SIVA little SIVA mines did or SIVA nanite things. Uh, McCormick, what do you think of the new armor with the perks you have to unlock? I think it looks cool. The armor looks cool, but the perks we're going to have to wait. I don't, uh, I don't know what the perks are. And I think it's clear that they're really, really trying to drive home Gambit Prime by incentivizing you to get the loot, and the loot is tied to Prime. Rentari. With the new addition of the Pinnacle SMG, do you think we'll see new SMG perks or maybe a buff to them? They seem underwhelming at times. I mean, SMGs are in a weird place because they use primary ammo. So, like, if you try and use an SMG in PvE... It, it, they just feel, they just kind of feel weak. Now, they actually do well in PvP. That's basically what I think they're designed for. So, I don't know if, I don't know if they're going to start bringing in new perks because of, uh, because of the pinnacle weapon. If anything, they might not, they would probably have a reason to not do that because they want the SMG to feel like a solid choice. Um, so... I would think I would think that they would they would want to have that kind of be like a standout and not have it competing with like other SMG perks that they decide to add to the game. Uh, Trunks says, "Do you think that people uh, get tired of Destiny because Bungie is bringing back exotics from D1 where you have to do a lot of work to get them?" I don't know. I don't think this is a primary reason why people are walking or getting annoyed or whatever. It may be a reason, but there's so few exotics from D1 that are like really, really hard to get. If I go into the exotics right now, I mean, on this page, we've got the Mita, the Suro, and the Suros, and the Jade Rabbit. And so that's three, and then four, five six so we've got six on this page that are you know comebacks from you know d1 and i don't think any of them were that difficult to get right suros wasn't jade wasn't mita mita was not difficult to get at all um and the last word was arguably maybe the one that frustrated people the most i felt like the malfeasance was harder to get than the freaking last word um, so, and I disagree. I don't think it's stale to bring back old guns. I think people like it when they bring back the old guns because there's nostalgia. People enjoy them. Um, so 
I don't I don't think the the small amount of repeats that have come back that have had tough quests attached to them I don't think that's a primary reason um, that people are are quitting or getting annoyed it's it's a reason but it's not as big as a reason as you're trying to make it I don't think uh, Maddie says do rocket launchers need an exotic like the truth or galley that was super strong and felt super worth the exotic spot coil and the two-tailed fox seem to be rarely used does that make the entire class seem weak well i listen the the wardcliff coil is actually still a totally fine weapon the wardcliff coil is is actually very strong still i don't know about the two-tailed fox at a at a ground level though it's not we don't need an exotic we need the legendary versions to be usable legendary machine guns are fine Legendary machine guns do do the job. They actually do very well as a legendary item. And then there's the Thunderlord, which is like the best of the best within the machine guns. So there should be legendary grenade launchers and rocket launchers that feel worth it. And then on top of that, two-tailed fox and coil should be th- those those should feel like really really strong rocket launchers. Now I don't know. I'm imagining that the galley will come back eventually. The galley is like their a- the ace up their sleeve. They'll br- they'll bring that back with probably in September. That would be my guess. Hand grenade. What are your thoughts on season of the drifter being mostly gambit? I've already shared this. Um, you're saying that the game mode is kind of hated by the community. I it's my contention that it's hated. Now we need to make something clear here. The Charlemagne stats that have been cited by people in this stream. Eugene was one of the people that cited the Charlemagne stats. The Charlemagne stats only look at the most recent three hours, and when those were people were citing it and saying Gambit was the second most played activity, they were pulling Charlemagne stats during Triple Infamy, and it's right before a Gambit-themed season. So I'm kind of like, I mean, if you're pulling those stats now, I want to see what's Gambit engagement numbers look like since Forsaken came out. How has the daily, weekly Gambit engagement been? Part of me feels like Bungie's silence on player engagement with Gambit is a bit of an answer. I would say that if Gambit was a highly engaged with game, that would have been mentioned somewhere in the vid doc where we've been noticing since Forsaken that Gambit's getting really, really good player-based numbers. People seem to really like it, so we wanted to add more to it. They they, they, they typically say when things are going well, not all the time, but like I feel like if it was, if, if because it's in doubt, they would speak to it if they had data, you know, to kind of counter the narrative that myself and other people put out there, and the narrative that we put out there is people don't like it right the game mode is not what is hated the execution of the game mode right oh no i 100% agree with that right on paper and at e3 and guardian con and all the places where it was played before forsaken people loved it because it was basically curated loadouts it was loadouts that kind of kept people in a lane there was no there was no 1k voices or sleeper or none of those things were going on right none of those things were going on yet so the game mode on paper sounds amazing. Gambit Prime on paper sounds amazing. I have my doubts about Bungie's ability to balance. I feel like a meta a meta will emerge and in two to three weeks, people are going to be freaking annoyed 
and it'll be queen breakers with double you know double the aim assist and predictable invasion points all over again i just now maybe to their credit maybe everything they learned from from gambit since forsaken helped inform gambit prime to avoid some of those pitfalls but they're adding something that wasn't present in in vanilla gambit they're adding the four roles and those perks and i just am concerned that a meta is going to emerge with like just do four invaders or just do four of this or whatever to create imbalance to empower people to win in a way that feels kind of cheesy the way that melting the boss emerged they said that they were going to keep us from melting the boss in Gambit, and they didn't. So when they give me assurances that, like, if, you know, this is going to be balanced, all these different, you know, these classes or whatever, it's like, well, you guys completely punted on, on melting the boss. You just gave up. And my that, that's kind of my concern here, too. Yesterday, 2,800 played Crucible, 210,000 played Gambit, 606 played PvE. So... Right, like, that to me, I don't know where you're pulling that. Guardian GG tracks just Crucible. Destiny Tracker tracks both Crucible plus Gambit as Crucible, so it's easy to work out in the future. Okay, so if those numbers could be trusted, then Gambit doesn't have the super strong daily, even with Triple Infamy going on. Um, more Three times that many players are playing not Gambit. They're playing the PvE. Like, that doesn't mean that the 606,000 didn't touch Gambit and only 210 individual players touched Gambit. A portion of the players that played PvE went into Gambit, right? But most of the people, so if 606,000 people boot up and play PvE and only 210 play Gambit, that's basically 400,000 people that were like, I'm not touching Gambit. That's, that's a majority, Right? That's two thirds. So that again, I, that's concerning. And I know people were looking at like the hour by hour rates the one day. And again, triple infamy and a gambit season around the corner could have been influencing so many people playing. The forges are at a low percentage now because we're at the end of season of the forge. Like people probably have what they need. You know, maybe they don't have what they need. But again, forge engagement's going to go down naturally because we're li- literally the furthest away from the forge launching which that's just what happens in games like this there's also a lot more pve activities right and that's a point that i've made right that's a point that i've made you're being like well that if you're trying to say that's favoring the numbers of course it's favoring the numbers look at this map gambit is one little hopper down here in the midst of eight public spaces daily mission strikes nightfalls and crucible it's one hopper and they put and they're putting all their chips right here. They're putting all their chips on red, <laughs> you know, and hoping that the that the the table turns up for them. Uh, M Chappy or McHappy said so probably McHappy. In regards to the grenade launcher buff, how will the anarchy be affected? I don't know. They don't even give the details in here about how the exotics are being treated. That's just that they're being treated separately. Uh, Azor Sniper, do you think Thorn will be a problem in Crucible? I hope it is. I hope it is. I hope the Thorn goes in and turns the Crucible into a sea of tears. I, I genuinely mean that. I want Crucible to turn into a salty sea of tears over Thorn. Do you want to know why? Because they can leave the rest of the freaking PvE weapons alone. And then everybody can go cry and whine about the Thorn, and then the rest of our cool stuff can get ignored and left be. Because... 
we've just you know shards getting nerfed all these things getting nerfed because of pvp just let thorn go into the crucible and turn it into a sea of tears because it i'm so sick i'm it's we're four years we're four years into the life of this game and i still i still wake up wipe the sleep out of my eyes i'm like oh man what's going on oh they nerfed another item because of pvp oh great that's all that's so amazing that's great i can't wait to play with my weaker loadouts now and my weaker my weaker items you know so i hope the crucible gets what they what they what they uh, what they deserve i hope they get strong weapons that they can complain about while using them because that that's always my favorite thing about destiny's pvp oh he's freaking shotgunners shotgun kill man everybody's just bum rushing with shotguns bum rush shotgun kill i cannot believe this person just sitting back and sniping on this map sits back and snipes on the map oh all these people using mita 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 all these freaking people using thorn 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 just drench the crucible in tears of hypocrisy i'll 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 i will love that i will love that <laughs> Uh, Wordy, do you think this will unearth the overall power weapon issue? Like linear fusions are meh, grenade launchers are pretty okay, swords are much more meh than D1, and the exotic swords aren't as cool as the ones, especially the Warmind one. Um, will this unearth the overall power weapon issue? It doesn't need unearthed. If you need me or anybody else to unearth the power weapon problem in Destiny, then you're wearing you're wearing blinders like the the power weapon problem's been around for a while so we don't need any more evidence we don't need to unearth anything it has been unearthed the power weapon structure in this game the heavy weapon situation is in in a shambles it's terrible if you like and there's just things that don't make sense like go to the heavy weapons go to linear fusions and explain this to me what the frick is that what is that what i don't understand there's only there's only i mean are there even no there's only one present day there's only one present day crooked fang i don't think these other ones are yeah these other ones are not you can't even get these to drop random roll there is one linear fusion why did you even introduce these as a weapon type? Why? Now, machine guns are scant, but machine guns just got added. So, similar situation. Like, what the frick is that? Like, why aren't there more machine guns? Oh, let's look at rocket launchers. Okay? There's a ton of them, and they're all basically freaking worthless. This is... Look, there's, there's two... There's an entire page right you go to grenade launchers there's not even a full page and these are all worthless too i mean spike nade rolls are actually not that bad but there's just a lack of ammo and i know that like the play of the game is great in pvp and then swords i don't understand like what the the weapon system is just in disarray it's very very lopsided if if you can't if you come through here in the in in the collections and you can't see how the the weapon system is just in a shambles it's just in pieces now why is it in pieces lono you're being really harsh it's in pieces because it was it the, the destiny 2 weapon system at launch was one of the worst weapon systems that i've ever seen i'm in as far as loot pursuit games to this day 
I don't know who the frick green light green lit their choices for the weapon system at launch. Like the more I've thought about it, the more I'm just confused. I'm like, did nobody pump the brakes? Nobody pumped the brakes on static rolls and double primary. Like, how did that happen? And that is why we sit where we sit. They needed this crazy amount of primaries because you were running double primaries. And the power, the, the heavy weapons were such, they were in such a weird state. Shotguns were in there. Um, what else was in there? Gr- the, these single line grenade launchers were in there. Fusion rifles were heavy weapons at launch. What? Do you rem- do you remember that? Weren't they heavy weapons at launch? What is that? What? Snipers! Snipers were heavy weapons at launch! Like, it doesn't make- There were so many things about the weapon system that made no sense, and because of that, there's all these weird pieces just sort of- Like, linear fusions, what the frick? Machine guns weren't even in the game. And then, and then swords and grenade launchers are basically energy weapons. These are energy weapons. Like, grenade launchers should just have their ammo capacities double, doubled, lower their damage, and just slap them in the energy slot. Do the same thing to swords. Just do it. Or, or at the, at the very least, move swords to the energy slot, give them more ammo and have their damage. Grenade launchers, if they get a big enough buff from this damage, they might be really, they might be a really, really good choice. I still don't think they have enough ammo. I still think functionally, grenade launchers are thematically like a machine gun. So they should have more ammo. It's, it's, it's less damage per grenade right you're you're spreading the damage out right with a machine gun you're it's it's you're spreading the damage out and therefore the increase in in grenades uh make make sense right so if if they want to do that i think that grenade launchers should just get more uh more weapon um i'm sorry more ammo to keep them thematically consistent for what they are they're not a single one-off shot like a linear fusion like a rocket launcher uh they're not a precision shot like a whisper you know what i mean those are those are strong focus damage in a single attack grenade launchers are thump, 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 thump. like there's a there's a speed with which i think they make more sense thematically to have way more ammo and do less damage personally i think if you put like 10 in the chamber and have like 40 40 to 50 on reserve they could have lowered the damage on them and they'd have been a lot more fun as a power weapon you dump 10 rounds bam 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 into a boss and get good damage in in a similar way to the way that you use a machine gun but they went the other direction they decided to buff their damage I still worry that their ammo economy is going to be crap oh and don't forget they decided to kill certain perks uh, and mods on grenade launchers. You can't use a um, a magazine mod on grenade launchers, and any perks that affect the the magazine of a grenade launcher are now dead in the water. I don't know how many there are, but that was in the patch notes as well. So I, again, they made clusters like stupidly weak, eighty percent damage reduction. So now clusters as a perk has been kind of wrecked, and then. They're murdering perks on grenade launchers. It's like, I don't understand how, how are these the choices that you come to, right? 
Let's let's imagine the boardroom meeting. What should we do with grenade launchers? Well, if we really increase their damage and tweak some of the ammo, we should do that. Oh, and let's 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 make these perks and a mod, a mod that increases the ammo. Let's make those not work. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you break perks? Why would you not let me put a mod on a grenade launcher to bust uh to to to, to like raise its 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 ammo? And there's no scavenger perks for heavy grenade launchers too, as David is saying in chat. Like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, who's in charge of that decision? I, it doesn't. It, to me, it doesn't add up. Who's in charge of gutting clusters as a perk? So now there, that's a worthless perk, dead perk. Hopefully, you didn't chase any god roll clusters, and they're they're moving the damage to the main rocket. Again, why not say, um, anytime you put clusters on maybe it <clears throat> maybe it like lowers the amount of uh of rockets in the chamber all rockets are getting two to three rockets in the chamber but clusters has in it within it you remember how you would get like more stability smaller mag it would be like cluster bombs increase the size of the rocket so therefore you can't have tripod like intrinsic tripod it would like take one rocket out of the chamber do you see that's how you ba- that's how you balance and say clusters are too influential well okay make other things good to come up to where clusters are don't gut clusters to the don't you see it's it's i just can't freaking believe that they come to these decisions sometimes it's like why in the blue frick did you not say i've got an idea let's give rockets a damage increase and put another rocket in the chamber but anytime you roll clusters clusters takes that extra rocket out of the chamber as a justification for that because the mat you get a ton of damage on the rocket and you get a ton, ton of damage from clusters well what about rally barricade lono what about rally barricade and, and luna faction right that's taking like that's an exotic taking that really strong weapon up a notch that's how it's supposed to be um Lono, magazine perks and mods no longer affect ammo reserves. The reserves. Right, so, but again, why? The perks still affect the mag size itself? I thought they said the magazine mod was not going to affect the, the, the actual... Magazine mods and perks were lowering reserves. They fixed that. It's a positive, not a negative. I must have misread it then, because it sounded to me... It sounded to me like... They were actually taking magazine perks and mods no longer affect ammo reserves. Um, grenade launchers had a bit of a reserve issue due to the magazine having an impact on reserves, and as a result, the reserve total wildly changed, typically not in favor of the player. This was addressed, and they got a PvE damage bonus on top of it to make them more competitive in the slot. Right, but aren't magazine perks and mods, according to their description... Aren't they supposed to affect reserves, though? Fixing the glitch isn't necessarily what I'm talking about. Isn't... Aren't the, aren't some of the descriptions of the magazine perks, aren't they supposed to add to reserve? So, like, if I come here... And I go here... Oh, it just says increases magazine. Okay. So that'll still work. I should... That should be on there right now. That takes it up to seven. That's actually kind of nice. Um... I thought there were perks that specifically said adds to reserves and now that's not going to happen. Right? 
it's not going to affect reserves at all yeah field prep right here increased ammo reserves now is is that gonna still work faster reload stow and ready when crouching so maybe i had that one backwards i might have been incorrect in that that's a reserve perk not a magazine perk yes it will still work so my question then is this are there any magazine perks for grenade launchers that say adds to reserves and now they're taking that away or is this a benefit that I was misreading as a negative? I, may, I, 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 mis, I misread stuff sometimes. Like, I'm not perfect. So I may have misread this one. At the very least, that's kind of a sidebar issue, right? Grenade launchers, as they function, I think, still need more ammo. And I would I would actually wager to say, now that I've got that on there for the, the magazine on the, on the grenade launcher, I'm actually interested that that doesn't affect reserves, though. Um, I don't think... I'm just trying to find a a public event flag to test this out. There are literally no public event flags anywhere. Um, There we go. One in Sorix. Okay. Okay. So I had it wrong. I was incorrect. I had it backwards. That's good because I haven't done a video on grenade launchers yet. I would have misspoken the video. Um, That's a benefit to 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 the player then. So... I, I hope that I hope that grenade launchers get a little bit more love later on down the line. I think the 25% increase is nice, but I'm still worried they're not going to be great with respect to ammo economy. Uh, Big Booty Bad Dragon says, what do you think about the quest line to pick a side? I, do you think the quest could be good for a game like this? And I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to make you... You're pro- I think it's per character, so it's probably not going to ultimately matter. I think they do stuff like that just for the sake of it. Like, it's not necessarily... Um, it's not necessarily this huge value add. Yeah, I still have 15 grenades, even with that magazine perk on there. So it's not a, it's not a huge. It's nice to have more shots in the mag, though. Two extra shots is kind of nice. Pog me. I know you don't like PvP that much, but PvP is the main focus of this game for some people. Bungie has really been neglecting PvP for a while. Listen, I, I got, I got kind of crass a little bit ago and said that I want Thorn to fill the Crucible with, with a sea of salty tears. Um, I still mean that, but, um, I also think that ignoring PvP is intentional right now, and I don't know why. I can't give you a reason why. I can't tell you, um, you know, why, why they're doing it, but there seems to be a very intentional and volitional choice every so from Forge to this when they planned it out right when they planned it out some somewhere along the line they said we're not really going to focus on PvP every season at the very least they could have trickled out maps I don't know they could you know I just for whatever reason they've decided to ignore it now maybe that's because they don't see big boosts from investing in PvP maybe they're they they, maybe they're worried about distracting from gambit they want gambit prime funnel to be full and so they're intentionally letting pvp be a little bit more vacant with life and with newness so people just naturally are like well let's try out this gambit prime thing there could be a variety of reasons as to why they're doing this i don't i don't know why all i know is it does seem to be intentionally untouched and sort of like they're not they're just not doing anything to it um 
and we will we can only speculate scam jones this nerf seems a little weird where were players abusing clusters besides riven is the nerf intended i don't think this is because of because of cluster cheeses i think they basically said without cluster damage rockets are worthless so if you shoot an aerial target and the clusters fall on the ground the the gun itself feels worthless so i don't necessarily think they had cheese in mind i think that's 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 something that's going to kind of happen naturally like hey you can't you can't use rockets to cheese but people are cheesing riven anyway so without rockets so i don't necessarily think it was because of cluster abuse i think they looked at rockets and came to the wrong conclusion that well what we need to do look how good clusters are i've got an idea make them bad make clusters bad and put the damage in the rocket (laughs) it's 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 kind of like when they one weapon's too strong and they nerf it so other weapons are better they broke the train so we'll play with the blocks does that make sense it's like you need clusters for a rocket to be good and so let's make clusters bad it just it's not the logic i don't think that that i would have applied to the situation i would have said instead i would have said let's make let's let's make guy let's make rocket launchers intrinsically better and add perks or let's make them intrinsically better and then have clusters as i said bring a sense of pain so when you picked braced frame in d1 it made your magazine smaller if you pick clusters it could make the magazine smaller we're going to make rockets across the board have a default chamber you know uh you know default mag of three okay if you put clusters on clusters will now intrinsically take one rocket away or you know or two or whatever the frick in an attempt to make other roles and other versions of rockets stronger because now you've got more rockets in the chamber also we're just doing a blanketed buff to the rocket itself on direct impact maybe pushing you again towards a seeker impact casing role and then you and then the the impact casing seeker role like tracking is is then is then a, a viable role and if you have those more in the chamber you don't have to lean on rally barricade or luna faction risks for strength you can just bam 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 nice you know quick uh quick three rockets if it feels targeted at the riven cheese then it's got to be one of the most stupidly timed changes ever number one riven is old news number two you can cheese riven without clusters uh number three that's not that's not how you treat your weapon base that if this is because of riven if this is like why wouldn't you just actually do health gates on riven then you're not addressing the cheese at that point like you're just i don't know you're seemingly gutting a really fun perk that in some scenarios had really great purpose like clusters on axis in d1 there's got to be there's got to be other places where clusters had life. Um, Chevy thinks it's because of the clusters, geez. Well, then I disagree with the decision even more then. Because they should they should have set their sights on fixing Riven as an encounter, and they should have actually set their sights on making rockets as a weapon type better because they're not very good right now outside of that instance. Johnny. Lona, I'm expecting the upcoming random rolls added to gear sets to really help me out. 
I've been ignoring mobility sets like the plague. I'm hopeful about this, what this means for the future. We've now removed two primary systems, brought back random rolls on guns and armor. Right, that's not even really been on the forefront of decision uh, decisions right now. But like, let's say you really, really like the Ancient Apocalypse vest for the hunter. It can now roll not mobile hunter. It can roll something else. Now, I don't know if they're going to let us re-roll that. I kind of feel like they should because if I get a god roll chess piece that has the perks that I want and it rolls mobile, that's kind of that's kind of hurting it. Now, people will be like, "Lono, I thought you didn't like re-rolling." I feel like armor's different because armor, you're basically saying the archetype of the armor can roll random. Imagine going for a god roll bygones and the adaptive frame could roll random that would make it ridiculously hard to ever get the roll that you want almost too hard so i would say they should look into down the road letting us re-roll because like right here let's say you really want a machine gun reserves and a hands-on roll and you really like the tangled web mask you're going for it because of how it looks and you like this roll and it rolls mobile I mean, I don't know. That's like really frustrating. It's hard to get these pieces to line up already and then to have that also come in and roll as the, as the wrong archetype could be frustrating. Uh, Van Chacha says, which looter shooter game would you recommend to someone that enjoys grinding for better and better items and making a build around those items? I love me some Diablo 3. I really enjoyed Anthem's core gameplay, but it seems to currently have some problems. And with Destiny 2, it's too late to get into the game. For Division 2, I just don't enjoy cover-based gameplay. Yeah, if you can't get into cover-based ga- gameplay, Division 2 will never hook you, but Division 2 has got the min-maxing and the longevity if you like the gameplay. Destiny 2 is not too late to get into because they're doing something that will actually let you catch up with the surge bounties. Um, but Destiny's not necessarily about getting better and better items and building. It's not a min-maxing game. They've not got things in place for that. You're basically chasing certain guns and certain rolls and certain armor pieces and certain rolls. So I think I think in like a couple of weeks, I think Anthem will be right where people want it. They need to crank up the generosity and they need some of these roadmap things to start happening and they need Grandmaster 2 and 3 to be incentivized and they need the other strongholds to be incentivized. So like Anthem has the elasticity and the core pieces for that long like min-max chase but currently it's short-circuiting itself because Grandmaster 2 and 3 have no purpose. It's not generous enough. It takes too long to get gear. So they're losing players hand over fist. They also have ground level glitches and problems keeping people from even being able to play the dadgum game and people are getting refunds on PlayStation because of it. So I... I'm going to do my official review soon about Anthem. I wanted to give it a ch- I wanted to give them a chance to fix some of the core issues, but I still think one of the biggest black eyes on its score is the fact that there are people who can't even play the freaking game. Um, and those that can, those of us that have been championing the game and playing it and enjoying enjoy Anthem are feeling a, a, a death of motivation and incentive because the generosity is too low and too many pieces of the game have no reason to be run. Um, and it's really unfortunate. So my review is probably still going to land Anthem on like a 7 out of 10, but a 7 to me 
is barely above like a like a flat five like a five to me is like there's as much good as there is bad everything all the good kind of gets canceled out by the bad so it's just rendered like a neutral score of five i think there's more good than bad but it ain't much so it's like landing as a seven i was giving it like a strong seven and a half i'm giving it like a weak seven now it just isn't where it needs to be it's got a long long way to go a 7 out of 10 for Anthem, how would I rate D1, D2? D2 right now, for me, with this rhythm, is like an 8 out of 10. However, if you don't like Gambit Prime, that 8 out of 10 is going to probably drop a couple notches. If Gambit Prime doesn't hook you, Season of the Drifter's got nothing for you. So Gambit Prime's got to hook people in order for the content to be well-received. 7 is average to good to me? Yeah, I mean, you never want... Listen, you don't want your banner title, your banner AAA you know, title for Bioware EA to be getting like a 7 out of 10. That's a weak score. And I'm probably being a lot more generous in my score because I enjoy the game, I enjoy the story, I enjoy the pieces of the game more than most of the people that ripped it to shreds. So, I, you know, I'm being more generous and even I'm giving it a pretty weak score. I think I'm being fair, though. I think I'm taking the game in all of its parts and scoring it. Um, so... Dr. Getgood, do you think the current uh, non-meta perks on rocket launchers like Kill Clip uh, or people more widely using Rally Barricades and Luna Factions will show the true strength of them? I don't know, man. I, just having bad bad perks on there is needed, I, th- but I think they need to look into better perks in general for, for a lot of the weapons, for a lot of the weapon pools, just to, so people start to chase different roles. Everybody's just looking for the same like small, small pool of perks. You know, Kill Clip and Rampage and Feeding Frenzy or Outlaw. And then after that, you're pretty much, that's it. You're looking for anything, you know, in that vein. Aaron says, what is your opinion or stance on the Zer bounties will work? Uh, is it nine weeks for one or two weapons? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have really a, a, an opinion yet on it because it's not, it's not out. Rusty, Whisper is a power uh, where it was a special in D1. Whisper... TL and Sleeper are too good. Um, what's TL? Whisper TL? Is that the... What do you... What? I am blanking on what he means by TL. Thunderlord, thank you. That's why I didn't register. Thunderlord's one word. I'm like, what the frick? Okay. Whisper, Thunderlord, and Sleeper are too good. Only a galley-esque rocket could compete with those in the power slot. What about a small medium nerf to Whisper? Moving energy... No, 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 no. No, don't start nerfing stuff. Listen, listen, give me an encounter where rockets matter because not every encounter is good for Whisper. Not every encounter is good for uh, Sleeper. And Thunderlord, honestly, you can bench Thunderlord and use a hammerhead or an avalanche and still feel pretty strong. You got lots of ammo. It's good for mid, mid to trash crowd control, and it's good for just dumping in on a boss, right? So, given the nature of how easy the context can make Whisper not the choice, or Sleeper not the choice, okay, all they've got to do is give instances where, like, rockets and grenades can shine, maybe something that's big and armored and doesn't have a crit spot, like... Wow, what a mind-blowing thing, Lono. All these really, really strong exotics for damage are um, are rooted in critical damage. And what if we had a fight that you couldn't get crits on the boss? You had to knock all their armor off 
and explosives were the way to do that well now you've got instances and places this is why they need to have different themes on the bosses like where there's there's different strike bosses or mini bosses where you're you're feeling that pull towards explosives once they do that it's okay to say legendary rocket launchers and grenade launchers no they shouldn't be holding their own versus the whisper and the sleeper but they also shouldn't be so far removed that no one uses them you can't you can't just continue to feel like they're like if they feel there's a difference between something feeling less powerful and something feeling worthless in comparison and they feel basically worthless uh rad I know you've mentioned in uh, Ada-style bounties for the other vendors in the past, and I desperately need that system in D2, since the only thing missing for my Dredgen title is some random sniper. Why does Destiny have significantly increased loot drops on previously acquired gear and less on the new ones? I have no idea, my friend, and I wish I could tell you. Fuzz Bounce. Is it a concern that due to the bad initial response to Gambit, a large portion of the casual player base may just skip this DLC without even trying it? Here's the thing. I never thought about taking this line of argumentation before about this, but it just kind of came to me with this question. The fact that they reacted so quickly and nerfed the sleeper, okay... And the fact that the Queen Breakers became like a meme and a joke within itself, especially once they said it had double the intended aim assist. I think the fact that they reacted so quickly with the sleeper is proof that the community did not respond well to Gambit. They were sort of reeling. It was like, oh my gosh, quickly, we need to do something because people are, there's a negative response to Gambit. I think their response and their adjustment to Sleeper so fast is proof of what I've been saying all along in that I don't think Gambit's been well received by the community. So, and, uh, yeah, I've already said this is a concern for Season of the Drifter. Nate Walls, what are your favorite rocket launcher perks? I love having Genesis for the auto load, but I wish it didn't take from reserves since heavy ammo can be really tough to come by anyway. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I don't know if Genesis on a rocket launcher or grenade launcher giving you free ammo would would be that big of a deal. You've got to have something with a shield, um, and usually using a heavy on something with a shield, it, you're, you're kind of wasting the heavy. They're not that hard to kill uh, with, like, a good grenade or a shotgun or something. Um, so... This is the pattern of how Bungie reacts. Community complains about something being OP. They nerf that something. There were much bigger problems, not just that something. Sleeper wasn't an issue. Heavy linear fusions were. Clusters aren't the issue. The Riven encounter mechanics are. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Anna Ray Senpai. Um, I know you like to bang on the drum of the brand new engine for uh, on a brand new engine for Destiny, but I don't think that's entirely true. The fact that we got a raid as substantive as Scourge of the Past three, four months after last, which is pretty agile. No. I believe the struggle of delivering content and quality of life is the fact that D3 is being developed at the same time. If a single game was being developed by all of Bungie, would things be different? Uh, Scourge of the Past is not proof of agility of the engine. Um, their lack of quick updates is a, a, um, a refutation uh, to your claim. They don't do anything quickly at all 
Scourge of the Past does not prove the engine's agile. They've been creating raids uh, relatively quickly, and Scourge of the Past and Last Wish were in development for, I mean, we don't, we don't know how long. And if we're honest, Scourge of the Past is a great and fun raid, but it's super short. One of the longest, I mean, you basically have two encounters, right? You have the opening encounter, and then you have that final room where you fight the tank, and then you fight the boss. That's it. Like, the sparrow race, come on. Like, it's cool, but it's just a sparrow race. It's just a tunnel. It's just a couple of tunnels and spinners. It literally is just a sparrow race. So I don't think that that Scourge is proof of agility. If anything, it's proof that Bungie does their best to create small containers and then have you do lots of different things within that container. Because, again, I don't think the engine's agile. There hasn't been a single leak or internal sort of whisper that's come out from Bungie employees to ever indicate that this is an agile engine that's easy to build in. It's always the exact opposite. They struggle to make content and they struggle to make changes to the content quickly. Um, It looks like Nightbot's coming back so we'll be able to use the official Q&A for the when we switch to Anthem. Dark Prophet since cluster bombs are getting nerfed, do you think Warcliff coil should be adjusted in any way due to the change? I don't know. They're 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 doing the exotics in um they're doing exotics uh on their own. Big biggish finger. Is there any chance D2 will separate PvP and PvE in order to keep from breaking the game over and over? Uh if they if if they don't do that in Destiny 3, we'll never we'll never we'll never get to play a true power fantasy game. It's always going to be held back by uh PvP. Uh, or at the very least have a sharp divide within how they make changes like a very sharp divide even then I think it's difficult <clears throat> to have even a balanced PvP in this system sorry for clearing my throat like that it kind of came out of nowhere uh, Gatecrasher with Trials not coming back for a while what would you suggest for a format that it could come back as no supers or heavy maybe no nope here's the problem Okay, this is a very well-timed question as we just got the question about separating PvP and PvE. And this is something that's very difficult, I think, for people to grasp. It was difficult for me to grasp whenever I played PvP and I complained about a lot of the things in it. Destiny's PvP is, by its nature, an imbalanced mess. And that's part of the reason why people like it. It's also part of the reason why people hate it. Until you really grasp that it's, you basically have, it it doesn't, it will never feel like Destiny's PvP if they gut the power fantasy of it. Listen, if you, if tomorrow they basically turned Destiny's PvP into Halo with default power and loadouts and stuff to make it super balanced, nobody would like it. People like it because you can go in and do stupid things with sticky grenades or certain weapons. That's part of the appeal, but people complain and play anyway. As soon as you gut the space magic from it, it's just another shooter, and I believe that nobody would play. Like... I always go back to people that complained about shotguns, but they kept playing anyway, and they wanted to get their own shotgun. They wanted to do it themselves. And 
and then you looked at how boring D2's PvP was at launch. It was it was this bland, super balanced mess where power was not that influential. Melees and grenades were super super weak. We were super super slow. Time to kill was freaking slow. Everyone team shot and looked at lanes. It was a stripped down uber uber balanced shooter and everyone freaking hated it. Well, not everyone. There were people that thought it was like the best thing since sliced bread and that's fine. They can think that, but the proof was in the pudding. The player base numbers and the overwhelming response from the community was not good. And so I don't know if Destiny's PvP will ever get to this place where it's hyper balanced and there's nothing that people are complaining about. People complain because they're engaged and they're passionate and things rise to the surface as being really, really strong. I I just, I don't think, I truly don't think you can get, you can't get to the place where that's not happening because that's part of the appeal and the love that people have. It's a love-hate relationship. Um, I liked it. Y'all are just untactical. Yeah. You're right, dude. I'm really not tactical at all when I play for eight hours with my streamer buds and we don't lose a single game. We just, we were so stupid and dumb. We weren't as smart as you. We were just a bunch of dum-dums who won for eight hours straight and got bored out of our freaking skulls staring down lanes and team-shotting people. It was a freaking snooze fest and we won every game. Dano333. For Destiny, if they released raids toward the end of each season, would people care less about exploits and bugs? Everyone would just have a chance at Worlds First, making it more of a community game, in my opinion. Well, they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that because raids are a marketing mechanic. I want you to go back and look at how they marketed the Scourge of the Past raid, okay? Um, they basically said, come watch people play the raid. Like it was very subtle. Not a lot of people picked up on it, but it was, it it was, that's what it was. Try that in comp. Uh, I hate to break it to you, Keith. You're as wrong as the other guy. Uh, we played nothing but countdown when we did that and won nonstop. So I guess you can sit on the bench with him and be wrong with him. Uh, we did play comp and we won every game. And it was boring at launch. Unless you're referring to something else that was said in chat. That's what we did. And it was boring. We, we weren't lacking in tactics. We were winning handedly. And it was lane watching and shooting with pulse rifles. And we played countdown all day. So. Uh, JD Gamer. Do you think grenade launchers will get nerfed in PvE? Or at least nerf the prospector due to it killing Riven faster? Listen. Well, Countdown is trash, so... Yeah, it's cool. Like, when your point and your argument gets dismantled, you... Oh, well, Countdown's trash. Okay. Uh, I, if they start nerfing stuff because of the Riven Cheese, we're not going to have a game left. We're not going to have a game left. Like, there, what, what, what... People have done it with every, every weapon under the sun. So, I mean, you're, you're going you're gonna to really, really run out of stuff to do. Paul Tassi gave it a 725. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm kind of... I think I'm being pretty fair with the 7 that I'm given the game uh iroha do you think destiny will get better over time without let me go back to that question by the way about nerfing grenade launchers fix 
the freaking encounter. All right? Don't nerf weapons because you can't make an encounter properly for frick's sake. Like, that, like, that question just hit me like a lightning bolt. Like, come on. It's your responsibility to make the encounters work properly for frick's sake. Oh, well, we better nerf this. We better nerf that. People are cheesing stuff. What the heck? Fix the freaking encounter. What are we? We're not going to have anything left. Oh, shards are too strong in PvP. Gut shards. Don't tweak shards to still function as a strong PvE weapon. Just gut their efficiency because people were using them in PvP and running amok. Gee, many freaking Christmas. Iroha. Do you think Destiny will get better over time without Activision in the mix, or is it something we'll have to wait and see for? I think it will get better over time, but I think we might have to get patience with, maybe a little bit more patient with deadlines. There won't be a publisher pressing for deadlines. So. Uh, don't ban people because you can't properly code your game. No, no, that's a misrepresentation of what happened. We're going to talk about the Anthem bans. People were not banned because of miscoding. People were banned because they were brute forcing glitches. It's the same as when you glitch under the map in Fortnite. You're, you're, you're brute forcing a glitch to get an advantage. It's an exploit and a bug. It's not the same as the game not being coded properly. That's, you're, you're, you're making a point that's not, (laughs) that's not, it's not, they're not equivalent. Uh... I haven't played D2 in a while. My power is 540. Is it worth to start playing again? There will be power surge bounties to get you caught up with everybody. We've answered this question a couple times today. What's your biggest concern moving forward in the season of the Drifter? That it's all about Gambit Prime. That's pretty narrow, and it's a game mode that's divergent from most of Destiny's activities. Um, what uh, would raids... Would Lono is saying the same thing? No, I'm not. When I tell them to fix the encounters in Riven because people are cheesing it... I'm saying fix the encounter, don't nerf weapons. I'm not saying the same thing, right? Nerf the weapons? What? Why? Permanently ruin the weapons because if you can't fix the encounter? I'm not saying the same thing at all. Banning people for doing exploits and bugs has to do with terms of service. And if you're going to say, oh, it's a PvE-only game, it's damaging to the integrity of the loot structure and the experience of players. If you can't see that, I don't know what game you're playing. There were numerous people that commented in chat about this and said, I can't get through strongholds because everyone's trying to do the glitch and the cheese and they're leaving. It is damaging to the player experience. Just because you're not glitching under a map and shooting people in Fortnite doesn't mean that glitching and cheating in Anthem isn't damaging to the integrity of the game, the game's public persona and, and appearance, and spreading like wildfire like a disease and damaging to the player experience at large. Every encounter's match made. Like... Try to keep up with what's going on. It's not as simple as PvE versus PvP for frick's sake. Um, would raids continue to stay without a game like WoW? I would ra- would raids continue to stay without an in-game LFG like WoW? I I, I think yeah. We don't need in-game LFG. Raids have done fine for four years. Uh, Chevy says. <clears throat> so it's more because they're content producers. No, no, Ruku. Uh-uh. There's two rules that were broken. One is don't take advantage of bugs and exploits. Number two is don't promote them. So they broke two rules. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. 
and I'm not saying it's because they're content producers, but it certainly expedites the spread of it, right? I never watched a single Twitch stream, and I learned about the Loot Cave from my buddy, okay? And my buddy didn't watch Twitch streams either. He learned about it from a buddy. <laughs> so, glitches, bugs, exploits, cheeses spread like a disease and damage the player experience. In a game that hinges upon matchmaking and cooperative play, I cannot believe I'm having to make the point that people exploiting and brute forcing checkpoint glitches is damaging to the player experience. I, it's It's mind-boggling that I'm having to make that point. Like, don't be... Don't just close your eyes to that reality. That's your, that's a choice that I feel people are making. Yeah, that's in the game's terms of service, Ruku. Uh, Chevy says, after seeing the year two and the content that we were provided, what in your opinion is on uh, no prestige raids? Uh, they said they wanted to focus more on content, dungeons, raids, etc. So too early, because uh, now we know it's all in JW. Um but it still doesn't seem like we're getting endgame pinnacle PvE activities. Right. Here's where they jumped off the rails, and I'll tell you when it happened, okay? Um, basically, King's Fall was the last raid to properly structure uh, difficulty spectrum. They've not done it right since then. Okay, and I loved Wrath of the Machine. I, lo- I mean, I loved Wrath of the Machine, but Wrath leaned too heavily on challenges to make things harder, right? When when you went from normal Wrath to hard Wrath, it was like everything just doubled. <laughs> That's not that, you know, when the screens got smaller. It, there wasn't enough of a difference, I don't think, in Wrath. King's Fall was, in my opinion... the difficulty spectrum it was structurally perfect it was structurally perfect and I'll tell you why they designed hard first and they took you to the brink of what's the most we can expect players to handle and then they dialed it back for normal that way there's this harmonious transition from normal to hard it was beautiful the structure of going from normal to hard in King's Fall was perfect, right? Last Wish Prestige, prestige mode comparable to Leviathan Prestige would be so much more fun. Yeah, Levi- they haven't gotten it right since. Like, Leviathan Prestige was awful, and the curated loadouts were terrible. So, they've left behind what I think was the best approach, the best philosophy of... The best philosophy for... The difficulty spectrum was in King's Fall. They haven't done a good job since, in my opinion. Wrath was close, but again, Wrath leaned on the challenges to to really bring the difficulty, and I don't feel that's the right way. Um, I don't feel like that's the right way to do it. So, their their insistence on leaving that behind as like a we're not going to have difficulty spectrum anymore, I think, is to the game's detriment. I think we're losing I think we're losing out. As I said before, if you could set public spaces, strikes, nightfalls, everything, right? If if you could set all those things to 700 and have bounties and loot pursuits that were tied to that, that difficulty spectrum would be fun because it would be a volitional choice and you'd get more rewarded for it. And whatever raid they're building for, you know, season of opulence, I would like I would strongly encourage the raid team to go back to go back to what they've done what they did before. 
go back to designing a prestige really freaking difficult encounter and then you dial it back for normal because listen last wish was was really really great it's a great raid it's got great mechanics but it was only really difficult at launch because it just they really abused the heck out of us with delta the delta was unbelievable it was unbelievable i happen to think they raised it I, to this day, think they raised the Delta because they knew the teams going in had had gotten around what they had thought were proper sort of leveling barricades. Um, so, I think that the, the way they did Last Wish, what they could have done is not been so hard on the Delta, and what we played could have been, essentially the hard version and then you'd lower that for the normal version and just maybe make us do less like less eyes um less eyes less ogres like just pull some of those pain points out for a normal version and then there would have been a really really good spectrum it would have actually probably been the first raid to feel like king's fall had they done that i think they need to go back to that philosophy that's that's just me saying here's a way to get more capital out of your what you're designing right they got so much capital out of king's fall now people didn't like streaming king's fall or playing it that much because king's fall was super much it was very very much oh one person made a mistake wipe oh one person fell wipe it was very easy to wipe and then rather the machine was very clutchable if you could take the difficulty spectrum they build in king's fall and bring the clutchable nature of wrath into one raid you would have i think the perfect raid i think scourge of the past is the closest they've gotten back to that lovely sort of clutchable crazy like high octane raid like wrath it's just too short and then there's 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 nothing beyond it there's nothing harder going on um so uh hockey 89 is saving the dailies going to work on reset or do they go away tomorrow? You're not going to be able to save anything as far as I know. Nothing's going to really carry over to really help you. Um, I don't think. Uh, Devil Codes. What do you think Bungie will showcase? Oh, when do you think they'll showcase Destiny 3? No idea. It'd probably be summer of next year is when we'll get our first te- teaser or something. Um... Imagine Shiro having so much health per phase that you have to use the eye stun. Right, or, or instead, remember how the Light Eater Knight showed up in hard? What if you have to use the eye on some, I don't know, some, uh, not, you know, protector of the, protector of the, whatever she's called, a queen or whatever she is. A protector of the queen comes out. He comes storming out and he like holds this thing and it shields her. And you have to shoot that guy with the, with the eye and kill him really quickly and then get back to damaging her. Like adding a pain point that needs to be managed and mitigated by somebody like that, similar to Light Eater Knights. I think, again, Pour on, pour on the pain and the mechanics and make us really frazzled and, and make it hard, but then dial it back for normal, and then we would get there. Uh, Ginger 300. The lore previews hint at some of the perks with the Gamut Prime gear. For example, said that uh, the Sentry could always see the Invader. Thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's what they're doing. They're creating roles, and the perks go right along with it. I, I think it's going to create a, a very sweaty environment. That's why they describe it as being sweaty. 
uh, uh, Galaxy Beams. Since you mentioned curated loadouts from the Gambit playtest before, could that be what gives the balance to Gambit? Uh, no. Keep in mind, when I said that, when I said curated loadouts, I said that because you were going into like a testing environment, essentially. When you played at E3 or Guardian Con, you were essentially playing like a beta of the game mode. So the loadouts were curated because that's how you kind of have, that's kind of how you have those environments is here's the weapons, go play. Okay. I don't think that's the solution for Gambit. No, because I don't think people like that. I don't think people like that at all. Is all the speculation on how Bundy reversed the stance on prestige raid modes no longer existing going forward? I mean, they, there's no speculation. They said they're not doing it anymore. I don't know why. Um, silent. Do you hope Gambit Prime has very difficult to somewhat difficult mechanics? Having difficult mechanics allows for more strategies to develop and could keep the game mode vibrant. Uh, they mention raid mechanics, but those vary so much. Um... Uh, there's going to be a discussion guys about the streamers getting banned from Anthem we're going to do another talk in Q&A so uh, that'll be to follow here's the only thing I'm going to say about the mechanics okay they have to they can't swing too hard okay I know I know they've made assurances that it's going to be like it's going to be sort of uh you know hey you gotta it's not going to be super easy you're going to have to do mechanics I, I'm not taking that very far. I think it's going to be pretty easy. I think people are going to figure it out very, very quickly. And because of that, um, I think it's going to get pretty rote and pretty, you know, sort of do the same thing every time. Now, there's different maps, which means there could be different bosses, which means each map could get a little bit more difficult or challenging to varying degrees, maybe making it so easy, super, you know, steamroll metas don't emerge, but... I'm more concerned that they promised us we wouldn't melt the bosses in Gambit, and we did anyway, and in this case, they're saying, oh, there's going to be mechanics, it's going to be like a mini raid boss, and I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm not confident, right? I'm hopeful that's true. I'm hopeful the people that want to go in and sweat and they want to be slayers, I'm hopeful there's good strategies and counters to that. Maybe we spec out to get more moats faster and do more damage, etc. And we don't really focus on invading that much. And then we're able to play our own way. If that's if that emerges, then I think people will really enjoy it more. Um, thank you for three months, uh, Cannon Special. Saving Annihilator with a three-month tip a while ago. I'm sorry I missed it. Uh, Noth21. Do you think that due to this nerf to cluster bombs, the curated bad omens has to be changed? Before this triple infamy week, it took a considerable amount of time to obtain it, and it has a signature mag perk related to direct hits. Okay, this is exactly why... This is exactly why you don't do what they did. Because this is what you do. You are hurting, potentially. You're potentially hurting... A curated load, a, a loadout. Like you got it. You got a rocket now. Thank you, Sir Mayhem, for eleven months, and it's a tier two. I appreciate that very much. This, right? This is why you don't do this. You don't target a perk and gut it. What they should have said is, "Hey, your cluster rockets are going to get a little bit nicer because we're doing these things to make the other rockets good." But anytime you run clusters, you're going to lose a rocket in the chamber. Or it's gonna, it's gonna, any, it's gonna maybe pull a little bit of damage from direct impact, right? So it's still a great rocket. And maybe, again, if you go, think of it this way if they go to rockets in general and they say, let's raise all their damage, okay? 
even if you have clusters, once you have all their damage, and direct impact is 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 the is the real go-to. You want to hit people with the rocket, right? And we're gonna put three rockets in the chamber to help with damage per second, because shooting and reloading it sucks. Alright? And to keep things intrinsically balanced. Cluster bombs will pull one rocket from the chamber and lower lower direct impact damage a little bit. Do you see? When when you do that, you don't gut and hurt a bad omens. A bad omens would get the generic sort of help that all rockets are getting, but it would stay balanced within the hierarchy of rockets. Um so and and as Eugene is saying, Name a better combination from impact case and tracking or clusters. You can't. That launcher is still a top tier launcher. Right, but perception is everything, Eugene. I agree with you. There needs to be way better perks on rockets. That would help, but the perception will be I got this great bad omens and it's got clusters on it, and clusters got an 80% nerf. Oh, but the rocket's stronger. It doesn't matter. You gutted a perk. That's the perception. That's my perception. You gutted a perk. Imagine if they said, um, we want scouts to be stronger. So we made scouts get a base damage increase, but rampage multiplier has now been weakened on all scouts. You'd be like, what the frick? Why would you, why? So you made the perk crap on, on scouts. Cause you wanted to make scouts stronger. Like that logic breaks down on any other weapon because you're literally hurting a, 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 a desired and sought after a sought after perk I know you're right factually by saying this is still going to be a great rocket launcher in the realm of rocket launchers but the perception of the player is great my curated bad omens that I grinded for has clusters on it and clusters are really weak now that's the perception of the player that's the problem uh, Calcutta ho uh, Bungie already proved time and time again that they will not separate PvE and PvP for balancing issues. Well, that's not true. Recently, they even made changes for specific sides. Um, the biggest problem with this is that most powerful things in this one underpower the other. Whisper, Ace of Spades. How do we buff one without breaking a game mode? I mean, they're they're literally buffing things in PvE right now, so... Um... I've been gone for Destiny for a while. So glad you're still doing this. Uh, love what you do. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Sir Mayhem. What's good, Ezekiel? Silence says, Do you think the nerfs and attempts at balancing would be better handled if Destiny was on another engine, allowing for easier... Oh, yeah, we've talked about this. This is a point. I'm even kind of surprised you're even asking this, Silent. I've made this point time and time again that the reason you get quick updates in Fortnite is because of the engine. The reason, I mean, as 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 poorly optimized as Anthem is, the reason they're able to make updates so quickly is they built it to allow them to do that. There's server-side things they can do. So, I've made that point many times about an engine switch. I have a whole video on that, on an engine switch for Bungie would have far-reaching implications. So sure, people are like, do you know how much time they'd have to spend? It would take forever. Yes, and they might net some of that time back in the future by having agility, creating content quicker, updates quicker, DLCs more substantive, etc. They may net more gain by investing on the front end. So, uh, Melon Ninja Mutant. 
do you think it's too late um, to chase certain exotics in D2? I don't know what you mean. Chase whatever you want. Exotic drop rate sucks, so good luck. Quicken the deadly. Do you think that the cluster nerf Bungie is paving the way to bring Gallahorn back into the game? Um, it's possible. Yeah, I didn't think about it from that aspect. I don't think that's why they're doing it, though. Spike, do you believe well-made objectives... Uh, a well-made objective of the Gambit Prime bounties for crafting armor or weapons is enough to make the season enjoyable and bypass the grind of Gambit. Um, this question doesn't make any sense to me. You can't bypass the grind of Gambit. Do you believe a well-made objective of the Gambit Prime bounties? I think what you might be saying is if they're like Ada's bounties, will that help? I mean, you're still going to have to play Gambit Prime to get everything, so... Would you? I noticed Gambit, my same loadout takes more damage uh, than when I'm in the raid or any other PvE activity. Do you think the trash ads hit harder in Gambit? Yes, they do. Um, their aim and their aggro patterns are different. It's weird. I don't know if it's because everything's small, maybe? I don't know. Rexus. Do, did they already make a change to the exotic drop rate, especially duplicate protection, or is anything... No, they haven't made any change to it. The dupe protection is clearly not working. Um... Uh, Zvolfer with the Prime sub, thank you. How would you fix the Riven encounter? Split the damage into two phases, put the rate up. Just give her, when you look at Shirochi, Shirochi's health bar is broken into sections. Okay? Do the same thing for Riven. And when you do that, if a, if a, if a health bar goes away, she stops taking damage, and she goes immune. You can only delete one health bar per section that she shows up. That's how you stop it from happening. They already have the mechanic in the game. It's on Shiro Chi. You break the health bar into sections, and you stop damage reception after a bar has been cleared. That's it. Uh, McCappy, do you think they should bring back the only way to get max light would be to do the raid like a D1? No. Absolutely not. The default the default destination for all players in an RPG is to level up. Let them play, let them level up. Let loot, quality of loot, frequency of drops, let all of that be the driver. If you're going to up the difficulty, if you're going to go into raids, if you're going to if you're going to go into hard content, loot's the driver, not power. That's such a static and stupid thing to chase. I'm not trying to be mean, but who in the frick cares about the number? I don't care about 650. I want loot. When I'm running around shooting enemies, I'm like, man, 650. Oh, yeah, that 650 number is making me feel so good. No, I'm like, oh, that's a cool perk. Oh, that felt nice. Ooh, this thing's really strong. This gun animation makes me feel dope. Reload, like stuff like that. The experientially influencing things in this game, it's the loot. It's not your stupid level number. Like, it just, it doesn't matter. It's a static, silly nothing now now if they went with the idea that i've outlined which once you hit 700 the whole game changes there's bounties and there's different things you can do once you're 700 that would add power and reason to hit 700 but that's even more ground that's that's even more ground to just let people level up by playing the freaking game just let us level up by playing the game and then once we hit max level have the game change have bounties encounters and options open up once you're at max power so during the damage phase on floor one or two you do 10% of your normal damage each time you shoot an eye you gain a buff that increases your damage on the pimples phase I don't think a damage gate would be the answer I personally really dislike gates 
I don't dislike gates though, Chevy, when it's clear that the design of the of the fight is for you to satisfy mechanics. When you get stopped from doing damage on Shirochi, it makes sense because of the flow of the fight. You know it's like do some damage, go to the next thing. Do some damage, go to the next thing. Do some damage, go to the next thing. Ribbon's the same thing. Do some damage, go to the next thing. Do some damage, go to the next thing. And that's and people are like doing damage and then it's over. Dude, why did they let you make that username? Look at Monk's username. That is obnoxious with those underscores. Why are they letting people make usernames like that? Uh, Fandar. Do you think D2 will ever run at 60 FPS? On console? No. No. Uh, There's no way. Um, The engine's just not optimized for it. They can't... The the CPU... The CPU bottleneck on the PlayStation and the... uh, and the Xbox. Like, you'd have to have a game like Fortnite where the engine is agile enough for them to tone down, you know, textures and draw distances and stuff to maximize frame rate. And they can't do that right now. Uh, NW2 Killer. Do you think Destiny 2 or Destiny 3 will change launchers with Blizzard uh, being in a bind? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, re- this is a future that I could see happening. This is a future I can envision happening. Destiny 3 or Destiny Universe being in the epic launcher and having crossplay, intrinsic crossplay, and being on the Unreal Engine. I think that's a possibility. Now, it's a stretch. It's a stretch, but I could see a future where they do that. Um, that would mean Destiny 3 would take a long time to come out, whatever they call it, Destiny Universe. It would take a long time to come out. But if you truly want this game to be the game they've always wanted it to be right then that's what you do the epic launcher is awful it stopped me from getting metro how is the epic launcher awful it's smooth it's it, i've never had any issues with it it's it just launches the games and they have crossplay built into the infrastructure of the launcher it's just built right into it oh my gosh it'd be great i would rather wait i would wait an extra one to two years or more if they gave us assurances that Destiny 2 will continue to get you know annual passes and content drip but Destiny 3 is going to be built from the ground up to truly deliver the experience we've always wanted to deliver the true open world game right I, I'm telling you like they already have the fan base they already have the name and the prestige just take your time and do it right take your time and do it right it would be the game that everyone talked about it would be the looter it would be okay think about it like this i'm not trying to be a hype man here but every looter shooter's fallen short everybody that's trying to do it i don't think division two is it i think division two is going to appeal to fans of division and 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 be a good game but it ain't going to be this far-reaching game-changing you know like a like a video game messiah it's not going to be like that anthem is a slow burn anthem's got a long way to go but anthem 
in in many in many people's estimation failed to deliver the real looter shooter and here's what i was talking to angry joe and i were having a back and forth on chat the other day and what i stressed to angry joe was nobody has gotten the looter shooter game as service right nobody destiny's getting close but they've got so far to go they're getting good with structural decisions but the game itself has got so many problems and flaws still anthem same deal division Division's going to have its own issues, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. It's not going to be the quintessential looter shooter, okay? And everyone cites Borderlands. Mitsu asked a question last night on Twitter, okay? And he said, do, do you guys think the combat style of Borderlands can survive in this current climate, right? And I said, yes. Yes, I believe it can. The bigger question for the next Borderlands title is replayability. I don't know if people are going to put up with just a linear loop. Replay the story multiple times on the same character or then make another character and wait for DLC. I don't know if people are going to accept that. Borderlands 3 is going to have to lean into either the expanding endgame like they do in Diablo with Rifts and Seasons or try to consider how to do a game as service format. Destiny 3, let's just call it that. I don't th- I think they're going to drop the 3. I think they're going to call it something else. Destiny 3 could be it could stand to be the first open world looter shooter game as service game that does it right. They know more than anybody. They know more data internally about player behavior, longevity, how much to get out of certain pieces of content. Bungie knows more than anybody right now in the business. The only people that are close to knowing enough to really nail it is is massive whoever's behind division ubisoft massive whatever but divisions in such a narrow category of likability it's always going to feel like a niche game i think bungie not only has the internal data and everything they've learned for the last four years they also have one of the most playable likable games in existence with just satisfaction of shooters destiny 3 could literally be the 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 second coming of looter shooters we just haven't gotten there yet everyone's trying to create the looter shooter game as service game and nobody's pulling it off yet i think bungie could do it and that's why i really think they need to dig in and say let's do it right we need to switch engines we need to think about crossplay playability expansion like all those pain points that came from the tiger engine and deadlines they can shed all that and and actually bring the looter shooter home and we'll all celebrate i because nobody else has what destiny has nobody has it Anthem's Anthem's close. I actually think the combat in Anthem is very, very good. I think that game a year from now is going to be celebrated. You you watch. You watch. Anthem's going to be the next, like, like Taken King, Forsaken, No Man's Sky, like, Division 1.8. I think Anthem's going to get there. I think they've got the core gameplay. If they can get optimization and bugs completely nailed down, all they've got to do is expand the loot, the reward systems, and the structures of difficulty. It's a very expandable format. I think Anthem's going to be the next game to do that, but it's going to be like a year from now. So, the, the question is not... The question is not whether or not a good looter shooter can be made. It can be made. And I think Bungie has the best parts. I th- and I know people are like, with the look and feel of the game, Lono, if they shift engines, they're going to lose that feel. I- I'm confident they could they could replicate the look and feel in another engine. I'm confident they could. It would be probably the most challenging aspect of building the game in another engine. 
is nailing that destiny feel so we're going to transition now to another talk we're going to do another talk in Q&A about people that got banned in Anthem there were streamers that got banned in Anthem I was like a like an investigative journalist I did interviews and, and got as much information as I could so we're going to shift gears to that if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always tune in live and probably live right now come on in and hang out with us twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content I appreciate you watching and listening please like share and subscribe